Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. All right, it's great to be here on Tent Talk Together. This is Nancy McCrady. These are readings from The Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. Get a cup of coffee. Take a seat, my friends, at the Father's table and listen carefully. Whether you're driving in your car, you're relaxing at home, you're on vacation, wherever you may be, do not rush through these readings. Let them soak in. Let them take you to the scripture. And my friends, take on the viewpoint of the Father. The days ahead of great glory and great trouble are going to require those who are seeing everything from His point of view. I love you all. I pray these episodes will be very encouraging to you. Hey everybody, so glad to be coming to you from Germany. But I am getting ready to get in the car and head to Amsterdam. So I'm going to be traveling here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to share uh, another powerful chapter from Deverne Fromke's book, Ultimate Intention. So may I just read it and then leave it with you for you to go before Holy Spirit and let him speak to you what it is that he wants you uh, to possibly receive uh, from this. So in my old book, (laughs) my old copy, this is chapter 20. Apart from his viewpoint, the real purpose of God will always be missed. We must view all history, whether of Israel or of the church, from the divine viewpoint in order to grasp the unique part each plays in the Father's plan. If we become engrossed in lesser details, it is possible to miss the thread of divine purpose which runs through the earthly pilgrimage of God's chosen people. When we consider the reasons for their continued falling and rising, we are sure they never have wholly grasped that it would mean to have their captivity turned. Israel needed continuous revelation from God. Her waxing and waning as a nation was determined by her sense of vision, purpose, and divine destiny. When each rising generation forgot the faith and vision of their fathers, decline was inevitable. Proverbs 29.18 tells us why. In various translations, the verse reads, quote, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Close quote. Another quote Another translation of this scripture, Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Another one, without revelation, a nation fades. When we take God's panoramic view of Israel, we see the sad history of a people always ready for help in times of oppression and adversity, but never quite ready to be used of him. Again and again, Israel cried out for deliverance and was set free. Yet each time she failed to interpret what God was really doing. She seemed far more interested in what God could do for her in her time of need than in what she could do or be for him when she was free. On the blackboard, we have pictured five periods of Israel's history. Five times she was delivered in order to move toward her divine destiny. 
but five times she seemed blind to God's ultimate purpose and fell into another time of captivity. First, we find Israel in Egyptian bondage. Not until the taskmaster's severe oppression became unbearable did she think of God, the source of her deliverance. In due time, she was set free. Across the Red Sea at Mount Sinai, God proposed the next step. Will Israel now be unto him a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people? Quite glibly, she answers, yes. Yet the whole course of history reveals that, as was Adam from the beginning, she was far more interested in getting than in being or giving all God intended. Again, we find her taken captive by fear in the wilderness. She wandered 40 years while the fearful generation died off. When she finally liberated across the Jordan in order to possess Canaan for God, she soon settled down to possess it for herself. Using her freedom and God's provision for her own enjoyment, she became captive to the nations of Canaan. Once again, Israel cried to God for help, and this time he raised up judges and deliverers. Again, she forgot who had delivered her from Egypt, provided for her in the wilderness, and led her into Canaan. When God granted her desire for a king, she soon turned the kingdom of David and Solomon to her own glory. Then in his wrath, God allowed Israel's dispersion by Assyria, followed by Judah's captivity by Babylon. Finally, the 70 years of Babylonian captivity were passed, and God liberated Judah to return to Canaan. With what joy a small portion of them came back. Now, will his people live unto him? We know the story of their disobedience and subsequent rejection of the promised Messiah, for whom Israel had waited so long. Since she would not be captive unto him, she must fall into captivity to others. At last, destroyers came. Jerusalem was razed, and God's people were carried away to be scattered throughout the world. What a contrast is to be seen between Israel's repeated disobedience and failure and God's mercy and continued deliverance. What was wrong? She was interested in using His grace, but was indifferent to her calling and destiny. Today, God's people are in worldwide dispersion. What suffering and shame they have experienced through the centuries. But behold, a new and unique thing is about to take place. According to divine promise, God will soon intervene again, this time with finality. He will not only bring Israel back from worldwide dispersion, but he will effect an ultimate turning of her captivity. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 3, we read of this final restoration. Quote, then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from the nations whither the Lord hath scattered thee. Close quote. What is our lesson in all of this? For years I studied the various captivities of Israel, yet somehow never realized just how God sought for a people who would walk with him in continuous revelation. The whole pilgrimage of Israel, her failures and deliverances, teach us five core principles of God's dealings with his people. These principles. Number one, his grace is demonstrated that we might be free from captivity, but this freedom is to be used for and unto his ultimate intention. Number two, 
God always asks that which is impossible to the natural man in order that his people will be dependent upon his divine spiritual resources. Number three, God designs all things to function properly under his control. He is not content to merely set us free, but longs to turn our captivity. That is, he longs to bring us back into his captivity. Number four, man must either submit to God's purpose or become captive to some other law. God's plan will not allow us to live long in liberty apart from law. Number five, God's pattern is not spurts of consecration and dedication, but a consistent walk leading into a continuous unfolding revelation of his plan and purpose. History shows victorious Israel ever relying on God's miracle-working power, self-willed Israel continually seeking deliverance through her own schemes and alliances, captive Israel crying out in humility for deliverance from the oppressor. Deliverance was always through obedience to God's methods and was miraculous. It was never through the power of numbers, arms, alliances, reliance on human wisdom or learning. In order to be delivered from adversity, Israel must submit to the foolishness of God, which is beyond the comprehension of men. Throughout the centuries, God has found those who allowed themselves to be captured by his purpose. Christ's disciples submitted to a way of life so irregular in the eyes of contemporaries as to bring them into jeopardy day and night. Paul became a bond slave of Christ, though the worldly mind considered him to be a madman. Think it not strange today when new purpose, philosophy, and vision of destiny floods the mind of a captured man, if he is set apart as a fool or a madman. As the world drinks deeply at the fountain of human error and God's own people stray farther and farther from his ultimate purpose, madness will even more frequently be offered as the explanation for the exploits of God's captives. In his captivity, God's people will at last find perfect freedom and joy. King David described this as follows from Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. They that sow in tears will reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth beareth precious seed." shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Weeping is not usually considered these days to be the badge of the successful Christian worker, but David linked it with a turning of captivity. And so it has been with God's chosen ones through the centuries. Though outward circumstances give no evidence of joy and freedom, God's people still know the joy and freedom of ultimate living. This is the very reason for our triumph. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
These things can be relied upon to bring captivity and defeat to all others. But God's people have joy and freedom that is not touched by circumstance. Such was the experience of Paul and John and all the apostles, and such has been the experience of hundreds and thousands of Christians who have followed in their train. The words of Terstegan, written under severe persecution, reveal the difference between being free from outward oppression and having captivity turned. Need I that a law should bind me, captive unto thee? Captive is my heart rejoicing, never to be free. My friends, never forget that the true law is that to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy strength, thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. My friends, the law is the law of love. And when we come into that place with the Father and we become one with Him, we are, if you will, His captive, but we are now willing captives. We are one with Him. We are not held against our will. We are not in some horrible dictatorship. We are finally living free, and His love matures us, and therefore we want to live in oneness with Him, wherever it may take us, whatever it may require. But I pray that you will listen carefully to this podcast, maybe even a second time or beyond, that again, as I've encouraged you before, maybe you'll take hold of purchasing the book Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. And that you will read in there that as long as the holy nation of God, his people, as long as they continue to miss the mark, they continue to miss him as the ultimate purpose, the ultimate way of living. And they continue to take their freedom and deliverance that in his mercy he brings to us so many times. And then we turn and waste it on ourselves and we walk off and wave goodbye to God until we're in trouble again. We will become captive to something other than the absolute love of God himself. This is a part of what is trying to be exposed in this particular chapter of the book. And so I pray that you'll listen to it again and let Holy Spirit speak to you, encourage you, and to remember that we keep repeating our cycles of trouble, crying out, deliverance. Trouble eventually comes again because we've taken our freedom and we've used it and wasted it really upon ourselves. Will we come to the place now that we will recognize that total freedom for us is in our oneness with him. So think on these things, and until next time, I love you all. I'm headed out to Amsterdam, and then I'm headed home on Tuesday evening. And I look forward to seeing everyone at home and returning into Europe back in August. So thanks for being with me here on Tent Talk. We're having big conversations under the big tent of God's presence. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.